Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. All right, rolling on Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Good fun being had today. FBNOC, any day where FBNOC is brought up is a good day. For those of you just joining us off the top of an hour, just a fun memory. Liam was in the studio and I, and I told the story. I'll, I'll, I'll tell it again just because I know a lot of people join us off the top of an hour. In, in the, the absolute heyday of Mike and Mike, the pinnacle of the show, whenever one would define that, I remember what building we were in. So this was you know probably in the early 2010s. Um, we were the show that everyone wanted to come on. And there just weren't enough hours in the day to put everybody on who wanted to be on. And it made for some, you know, sensitive conversations because, you know, people who are your friends and whatever it is, they want to be on the show. They want to promote something, whatever it is. And you can't do it. And Liam, because Liam was the producer at the time, he was remembering we came up with a way of getting out of it, which was we called FBNOC, Feel Bad, Not Our Call, which, which we would just we would just blame some nameless, faceless management entity. Ah, we would love to do it, but they're telling us not to. We can't, we can't, we'd love to, but we can't. And, and, and we, we coined the phrase, Feel Bad, Not Our Call, and and I, I made a sign that said FBNOC, <coughs> and we would hold it up. Bubba, did you say you found that sign? Is that yep. what you're telling me? I, I have with me right here the specific sign. He holds the sign. This is the sign. This is the sign you were holding up that day yeah. to Liam. I was in the break room with him when Liam was talking to unnamed person, and you were hand, standing behind him just holding up the sign, and somehow Liam was not laughing. This is in your handwriting, FBNOC. Yep. FB, that's what it says. It says FBNOC. This has got to be I've seen like, that before, and I had no idea what it meant until now. Yeah, this yeah. used to be hanging up in our break room for years. This this has got to be like eight years old or something. Someday Liam and I need to just, we, we should just do, we should do storytelling. Like Liam and I should just sit and tell stories about stuff that happened back in the day. I mean, we, we it, it, it feels like two or three lifetimes ago at this point. Like I remember being with Liam and his, when his, when his girls, how old are your girls now? Seventh grade, fifth grade. So going to be 11 and, and going to be 13 this year. I remember taking them to Disney World and taking them to the Enchanted like, like, remember, like they loved Enchanted. They would sit there and sing the princess songs. Not Enchanted, Frozen. Frozen was the big. Um, what was the big Disney movie at that time? I, 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 I don't Before care Frozen, how cold it is. No, it was. Yeah, it was uh, the cold never bothered me that's anyway. Frozen. Frozen. And and like they wanted to go, and I had a, a special pass that Liam didn't have. So Stace was like, "We're taking the." So we took his little daughters, who at that time I think were like three and four years old. To these things, you know, that's how long I've known this kid. And now his, you know, his girls are growing up. My kids are out of college. And I mean, it just life goes on. It's and now funny. he's just reading show notes every and day. Now, now Liam is just sitting there telling Bubba he has to write a show note. Because <laughs> <laughs> someone is telling him that <laughs> For apparently. For no obvious reason. Living yeah. the dream, right? Yeah. <laughs> you should all be so lucky. So the world- <laughs> It's Cam. You see what you have to look forward to. No, Liam and Liam is mine and Bubba's manager. If so. everything goes right, you might get that lucky. Oh, uh, it's funny. Hey, at anyway. least I can still make you laugh, Gurney. That's uh, all that matters. No, and you, you've never not made me laugh, uh, <laughs> and you will continue to. Okay, let's let's go on here. Let, let's do our rant of the day because I'm looking forward to hear. I've not heard it yet. I'm looking forward to this. They are who we thought they were. Playoffs? Playoffs? You kidding me? Hello, you play to win the game. Rant of the day. Okay, so Chris Russo, who is the best ranter ever. I, I guess on some level he invented this, right? The whole ranting on the radio about sports thing. He probably didn't start it, but it's where I first started hearing it. 
Um, and he had a rant on his show on Sirius XM Mad Dog Sports Radio in which he, like many, including me, were critical of Dan Campbell, coach of the Lions, but I have a feeling he did it differently from the way I did it. Let us all, I've not heard it either. So let us feast our ears on the Mad Dog on Dan Campbell. You could have been in a situation where you'd be playing in a Super Bowl. Super Bowl. And those poor fans in Michigan, this ruins their year. I Listen, I shouldn't say that because you'll probably get over it. But you tell me right now, if you are a Lions fan, you tell me right now for the next month when they get this game played and everything else, the month of February, what are you going to be thinking about? Beating Baker Mayfield or the fact that the Niners did the rights? My God Almighty! Pay attention, Campbell! Jesus! I mean, this is, excuse me, this is ridiculous! And I know we like you, Dan. You're a nice guy. You represent the city of Detroit. Blue collar. Tough. Oh, we get all the nonsense. But manage the game properly. I understand it's a long field goal, 240 yarders, but your kicker's good. You got a chance to go back up by three scores and you go for it on fourth down and then all the dopes on Twitter are backing you up. The the data freaks who wouldn't know Lombardi for Paul Brown. (laughs) Never heard of Otto Graham. Kenny Stabler. Madden. Wouldn't know him if they fell on him. They do football via math. That's not how you do football. (laughs) Oh my God, what a loss. Oh. Oh, my God, he's so right, and yet he does it so funny. Like, I completely agree in principle with what he's saying. I thought Campbell coached an absolutely terrible second half and lost the game for his team. I've said it. I said it yesterday. I didn't say it quite like that. But wouldn't know Lombardi from Paul Brown is one of the great lines of all time. I genuinely thought he was going to take go outside of football. So when I heard Paul, I thought he was going to say Paul Rudd or Paul Giamatti or Paul <laughs> someone else entirely, Paul McCartney. I did not think he was going to say Paul Brown. He's right. Most fans probably couldn't tell Vince Lombardi from Paul Brown. Data freaks. Data. Okay, they, Hambo, that one is aimed at you. You are a data. This is why people shake nerds. Freak. I am a data freak. And so is Dan Campbell. And that is what enabled Dan Campbell's team to reach the NFC Championship. No, it isn't. In large part. Dan Campbell didn't, his team didn't get to the NFC Championship because of data. That's not what happened. What do you think happened? I think that they're really good and they're well coached. And I don't think that it is exclusively because of the analytic element of it. I think that it is primarily based upon the culture that he has created there. And I think they've drafted really well. I think they do things. They do the things that win you modern football games better than most people, which is to say that while everyone else is busy trying to get the best receiver, they're getting the best lineman. Like, like I, 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 I do this. The first draft I ever hosted for ESPN was the draft. Everyone remembers this draft because of the three quarterbacks at the top. It was the Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance draft. The most interesting thing about that draft was the decision Cincinnati made. I want to say they were fifth. I think Kyle Pitts went fourth, and then Cincinnati took Jamar Chase fifth because he was a stud and he was Joe Burrow's teammate in college and left Penne Sewell on the board. And there was a lot of criticism. They should have, Joe Burrow almost got killed his rookie year at quarterback, and he got injured. They should have taken the tackle, should have taken the tackle. And then Jamar Chase turns out to be a superstar, which he is. And the whole world has said, see, they got it right. Well, you know what? 
Detroit got it right, too. Detroit's offensive line is outstanding. It is dominant. Sewell is as good a player as there is in the NFL, regardless of position. And that's the reason they were where they were. A 17-point lead at halftime of the NFC Championship game, having run for three touchdowns in the first half. And so the fact, I don't care that he went for it on those two fourth downs. I would have kicked the field goal, but I get that. That didn't bother me. The two things he did that cost his team the game, little picture, big picture. Little picture, at a time when you probably were going to lose anyway, he threw, he ran the ball on third down and goal from the one-yard line with a minute five left, which is inexcusable. If Mike McCarthy did that, we would have him arrested. We wouldn't, we would go way past firing him. We literally would call the Texas police and say, go in there and and arrest the coach of the Cowboys because that is coaching malpractice. So from Paul Brown to Vince Lombardi to everybody coaching today, no one does that. That's the dumbest call I've ever seen in my life. And whatever chance they still had of winning the game, it cost them. Now, the reality is you're probably going to lose in that situation anyway. But that doesn't excuse it. The bigger picture is you come out of halftime with a 17-point lead and you decided... Now I'm going to show them all how smart I am. Now I'm going to zig when everyone is, would, would normally zag. They think we're going to come out and run the ball down their throats because we have this big lead and we've been running on them all day. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to call flea flickers and I'm going to throw it on every freaking down. They only had seven running plays in the second half and one of them was that one at the very end on the goal line. So while the game is a game in the second half, They ran the ball six times. I understand they didn't have a lot of time at possession because they had one turnover on their first snap, but that doesn't excuse any of this. They were running the ball so well, and there is, from the time Paul Brown was coaching to when Vince Lombardi was coaching to when uh, Bill Walsh was coaching to when Chuck Knoll was coaching to when uh, whoever the best coaches of this day are. Dan Campbell or Andy Reid or Sean McVay or whoever you like. There's nothing better you can do than run the ball down the throat of your opponent. If you can do that, then you can't lose. Nothing is better than that. Almost no one can do it. But if you can do that, that's the most effective thing you can ever do. Run it until they stop it. They never made them prove they could stop it. And that's where Dan Campbell got this game wrong. I don't care about kicking the field goals or not on those fourth downs. Personally, I disagree with the decisions, but, or at least the second one. But I get it. The, the, the analytics say they're 50-50 anyway. That's not about data freaks. The, way, the, the philosophy they took into the second half of that game was all wrong, and it reeked of, I'm smarter than you-ism. Wait, wait till you see what I do now. I'm going to fool the hell out. You don't have to fool them. You're beating them senseless. And the best way to win a football game is to beat someone senseless. And Dan Campbell, of all people, should know that. It's not about analytics. It's about being a knee biter. It's about being tough and strong and physical. It's about drafting Penny Sewell instead of Jamar Chase. It's about all the things they do well. And they just went away from it for no reason. That's why he blew the game. Yeah, no, that's, that is why they blew the game. Dan Campbell managed the second half of that game badly, but not because of the fourth down decisions that are being much maligned. Chris Russo, in that epic rant in which he used the Lord's name in vain and then had to apologize for it. Jesus, I mean, it's just, excuse me. 
That's epic. That's he, he thought he had to have thought of his wife right then, right? That's he, he apologized to her. He didn't. He doesn't mean anything. Fair enough. Of course, of course not. What I'm saying is we can be smart enough to separate the fact that they called a bad game from the perspective of their game script when they went 3-1 to one past the run despite the fact that you're playing straight into the strength of not only the 49ers defense, but the fact that the 49ers needed every tick on that clock to help them out from the fact that he decided to go for it on fourth and short on two occasions when he has not a good kicker, a suspect kicker. These are two separate things. The problem is analytics is an ugly word. It's a buzz term. So anytime... This is why people shake nerds. Yes. Data freaks. A hundred percent. Like it's an ugly word. It's like saying like it's like saying moist. You hate the word moist. You hate the word analytics and everything that comes... I hate the word moist. You like the word moist. You think people don't like analytics because of how it's spelled? I have no attachment one way or the other to the word moist. I've never met a person that likes the word moist. It is what? a derided word. What are you talking about? Cam, is, Cam agrees with me. It's a derided People word. People hate the word moist. Bubba, back true. me up on this. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about for sure. I, personally I don't care, don't, really. Yeah, just, I don't have an issue with it, but I, you're 100% right that most people hate it. And, and analytics, like What does moist? it have to do with, with the word analytics? It's, a very, it's an unattractive word that comes with negative connotations. You think of people that... Like you. Don't play, you think of people like me. People that, that don't play football. And you think, oh, how do they know better? But in, in reality, Dan Campbell's like the toughest of tough guys in the whole world. Right. And he uses math to his advantage, and they have all season, and that has helped them in the margins. Pay attention, Campbell! And if Josh Reynolds catches a pass on fourth and short, who knows, maybe they go on to win that game. They get to eat up a le- at least a lot more clock. So I'm totally fine with your criticism of Dan Campbell and the, uh, and the Lions. I'm not cool with criticizing his fourth down decisions because you're just playing the outcome. Yeah, uh, th- that's fine. And, you know... The part of it that you bring up, because the one thing Chris has wrong, look, again, I feel like a need to always say this because we love him so much. We don't mock him. Chris Russo is one of my, one of my role models, he, and he happens to be the nicest guy you'll ever meet in your life. Um, he's, he's wrong about the kicker. That, that's the other problem. The kicker's not good, kick, and, and that is the only thing that skews it for me. And, look, going for it on fourth down, as a general rule, is the right thing to do. That is analytics. The numbers do tell us that over the course of a 1,000 decisions, going for it on fourth down, infinitely more than any coach in history ever has, would be the right thing to do. But the guy who said it right yesterday was Booger when he said, sometimes you have to coach the game you're coaching. So in this particular game, when the circumstances are going this way, it's, it's like if you're playing golf, okay, if you're playing golf and you're on the 18th hole on a Sunday and you've got a four-shot lead and you're hitting the ball out into a narrow fairway, maybe it is in your nature, like Phil Mickelson threw away a U.S. Open by doing this. It is in your swashbuckling nature to hit driver, damn, you know, damn the odds. Who cares about the risk? That's a dumb thing to do. Take out a five iron, put the ball in the fairway, make a bogey or even a double and win the damn jacket. In this case, it was a U.S. Open. Or John Vandeville did the same thing. When you've got the game won, don't give it away. Don't give it back to them. You had it. Make them take it. They gave it to them, and that's what bothers me more than anything. All right, a million things left to do. Back in a flash on ESPN Radio. Oh, my God, what a loss.
Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply it's demon time on prize picks where you can now win up to 100 times your money that's right 100 times your money with as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and Goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at prize picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, prize picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stats types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app go to prizepicks.com greenberg and use code greenberg for a first deposit match up to 100 that's prizepicks.com greenberg code greenberg for a first deposit match up to 100 prize picks pick more pick less it's that easy Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny. Brandon, this morning, the same man that we made fun of last week for eating a vat of wonton soup <laughs> and a roll of Lifesavers because he said, quote, Greeny, I'm on a diet. What were you eating? Hard-boiled eggs. How many hard-boiled eggs did you eat? Five. And what was that you had sitting on the plate next to the hard-boiled eggs that you were dipping them in? Mayonnaise. This is Greeny. Greeny on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. It was Brandon's 50th birthday yesterday as he was eating those eggs. <laughs> he, he comes in today, and I can't even hear him. He tells me he's feeling – I can't hear him. He's, he's standing a foot from me, and I can't hear him. His, his goal in life is just to get me sick. That's all he wants. He just wants to get me sick. He is so sick, and yet he refuses to stay home. Stay home with those beautiful kids of yours. Celebrate your birthday and don't come in here and breathe on me when you've obviously got bronchitis or something. You've got a chest cold. He's got something going. I can't even hear him. Grainy. Ten seconds. That, that's a, he's the person who, and he has the loudest voice in the world. Yeah, there's right? not a person that works at ESPN who, who needs to be able to amplify their voice more than him. Like He's the stage manager. There it's was the a moment today thing. where I'm doing the show. I'm, I'm hosting from down in the south, uh, the part of the, the set that we call the South Wall. And all the other people who are on the air with us, Graziano Saturday, Dominique Foxworth, and Andrew Hawkins, are on the other side of the studio. Now, it's not a huge space, but it's not reach out and touch you kind of space either. They're, they're pretty far away. And I needed them to stop talking because they were in my ear. Long story, but whatever. So I look at Brandon and I said, Brandon, you got to tell them they need to be quiet. And he went, 
Be quiet. <laughs> guys. <laughs> guys, Queenie can hear you. Guys, I need I need quiet in the studio. Guys. And, and of course, the talking just continues. Of course. Because Brandon, Brandon, who's not sick at all, <laughs> after his five eggs with mayonnaise and his lifesavers and vat of wonton soup, Granny, I'm, I'm, I'm going to lose 70 pounds. What did he eat today? Do we have enough? What did you have it? today? What, what, come over to the microphone. No. He can't talk. Come oh, talk. Okay. Then we I, want I want to hear his voice today. And I want to know You have he to ate. hear this. Hopefully, Brandon, a, lo- hopefully come, a lozenge. Come talk to us a little bit, Brandon. Try to amplify your voice. Turn his mic on. As no, much as you like can. Nor- just talk. All right. I'll, I'll try to project. <laughs> just so what did you have today? They brought in birthday bagels and stuff. I had one bagel. Sounds okay. good. For your birthday? Well, you know, not for my birthday. Then, then are they just regular bagels then? They brought in just an assortment of bagels and Dunkin' Donuts. I didn't have any Dunkin' Donuts. I just had one bagel. So, so the, the way it worked, we have the most wonderful people who run our facility, and one of them is a woman named Betty. And so at the end of every month, they order in like um, treats, breakfast, um, bagels and donuts and things like that, sort of to celebrate everyone who had a birthday in the month of January. So that's what today was. So... Brandon is one of the people who celebrated yeah. that birthday. But again, wh- wh- what's happening, folks, is that when he starts talking, he's taking a deep breath. So the first couple of words come out sounding real good. But I would like you to just speak for a full paragraph, and then everyone will hear how you really sound today. Well, I told my wife that uh, my new voice sounds like a mixture of Denzel and Idris Elba. So that generated some interest, <laughs> you know? Did yeah. that? Did, did, did you find that? Appealing, like you think it didn't think, work at all. But you know, <laughs> so you're telling me you think women are excited by Denzel Washington and Idris Elba because of Hands the way down. they talk? Well, because they're successful, good-looking men, and right. uh, they have smooth voices. Idris so, Elba's uh, English, yeah. though. I don't yeah. think you sound like him. Idris Elba and you have very different accents. You're from Long Island. <laughs> I am from Long Island, <laughs> and yeah. he's from but, England. But conceived in Jamaica. What? Uh, yes, conceived in Jamaica. <laughs> yeah. He's in the he just did the math. I, now I was conceived in Jamaica. Jamaica, Queens, or Jamaica, the island? No, the island, man. The I got island. you. I roots, got you. roots, Jamaica. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, but, but, but not well, because uh, your voice is not... So anyway, that's what we're putting up with here today. Happy birthday again, Brandon. Thank you very you know, much, guys. You. Thank you. I felt bad you. yesterday, because I feel like we're just kind of... We're making fun of Brandon more than we... Like, Brandon is a great, great, great guy. The best. We're, we're approaching six years... That we'd be doing get up. He's been our stage manager. There's no one we'd rather have. And truly, on any other day, he's scary. Like if someone's phone goes off oh. in the studio, <laughs> like if a cell phone rings in the studio, Brandon, who is the sweetest, nicest, most religious, delightful person, you let, turns into the exorcist. Mm. Right? You see his face. If a phone, if a cell phone rings, like literally, I'm the host of the show, and I look at him. I'm like, it's not me. It's not me. I, I don't know who it was, but it definitely wasn't me because Brandon looks like he'll kill you. And while he is, he, I mean, he, he did play college football so mm-hmm. he, on the defensive line, so he is a big guy. Anyway, that's Brandon. Uh, let's get to today's list. I did it on TV. I think it's a good list. Let's just see what you guys think. The list is what determines who matters in this business. The Green List. All right, the Green List is the top five. This, that, or the other is voted on exclusively by me, the world's foremost authority, on all matters, and these are my top five worst losses of this year's playoffs. So to be clear, when I say top five, number five is the fifth worst loss. Number one is the worst loss. Number five. And so at number five, I'm putting the Lions, despite the fact that they had that game won. But the reality is, 
They're playing a better team. They're playing a team that's a a six-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. And they are representing a franchise that had not won two playoff games in the same year in almost anyone's lifetime. It it would have been their first road playoff win since the 1950s. It was their first championship game in the conference since the early 90s. So their season was such a success that I just can't make it any worse than five, despite the fact that if you just took the game at face value, it might actually have been as bad as any. Number four. Number four is the Ravens. The Ravens' game wasn't as bad. And the primary reason I don't put it higher on this list is that they lost to Patrick Mahomes. And history is going to show losing to Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs is not something to be ashamed of because everyone has done it and is going to continue to do it. But this was their year. The Ravens were the better team. They were at home. They were favored. And they had smashed every good team in their path over the course of the entire year. So I think from a disappointment standpoint, that has to be much higher on the list. But from the way the game actually played out, I couldn't put it any higher than four. Number three. I put the Bills ahead of it because I thought the Bills should have beaten the Chiefs. The game they played, they should have won. And they lost the worst possible way. They missed a field goal wide right. What could possibly happen to a Bills fan worse than missing a field goal wide right and having that cost you your season? If you don't know what I'm talking about, you probably shouldn't be listening to this show in the first place. So that was epically bad, and I thought they did outplay the Chiefs, and I thought their quarterback did play really well. That was a game Buffalo should have won. I put that one at three. Number two. Cam and Hembo, I put the Eagles at two because that game was just so non-competitive. They just flat sucked. That game would not have been more competitive. No. That game would not have been less competitive if they'd missed their flight. If the team playing had not left Philadelphia on time and they'd missed the game in Tampa altogether, the game wouldn't have been any less in doubt than it was. No. The, I mean, among the 14 teams that made the playoffs, I think the Eagles far and away had the worst showing, uh, the worst the worst effort, the worst give a bleep. And as a fan, that infuriates you when you care about it more than they do. And and But I couldn't put them at one. Number one. Because I put Bubba's Cowboys at one. Look, this was the year everything was supposed to have fallen their way. If not now, when? A franchise that every year finds a way to blow it almost was put in a position they couldn't blow. You're playing a very average Green Bay team with a very bad defense that is bad in exactly the places that you're good. And you're playing a quarterback who's making his first ever postseason start. And you're at home. You have everything going your way. Everything. And they were atrocious. They were losing that game 27 to nothing. Their defense was so bad. I think that in the last commercial break of this radio show, Green Bay just scored again. They didn't stop the Packers once in that game. Their much vaunted, lauded defense was awful. Their quarterback, who had a near MVP season, was awful. For once, you couldn't even blame the game on Mike McCarthy. He didn't have a chance to spoil it, ruin it, or lose it because his team was so absolutely handled on the field. So to me, Bubba, taking everything into account, I thought that was the worst loss 
of any team in the playoffs this year. Yeah, I, I can't disagree in any way because, like you said, everything fell their way. The whole season, I mean, the main reason I didn't even bring up the the trip to Dallas is because I didn't think there was any way they were going to win the NFC East. And then the, the Eagles collapsed and everything fell their way. And now, hey, look, they got they got the, the high seed. The thing's looking good. Then, they oh, they might play the Rams. No, they're not even playing the Rams. They're playing the Pack. Everything fell their way. The things were looking perfect. And then for them to complete no-show Dak bad, defense bad, I mean, every possible thing was bad, play calling bad. You couldn't find one positive out of that game. It was just so deflating because, like you said, if if they weren't going to do it this year when everything was set up perfect and I wasn't even necessarily expecting them to, to win the Super Bowl or even make, make the Super Bowl, although I think they could have, they needed to at least get to the NFC Championship game and it was well within their, their reach to get there. And once they got to the NFC Championship game, I would say, well, let's just see what happens in San Francisco, and we'll, we'll hope for the best. But the fact they couldn't even get out of the first game with the Packers is just so deflating. And then coming out of it even more so, the fact there's been zero changes, and McCarthy's back, everyone's back, and unless I'm just praying that Seattle hires Dan Quinn or else he's going to be back. And, I, you know, it's just, it's just so frustrating going into the offseason and for next year. And they all hate each other. And it's now, now they yeah. all hate each and, other. And that too, yeah. And then Not the, to mention. And then the, the most positive, <laughs> Actually, the biggest professional on the team, Dak, is just getting slings and arrows from everyone else on the team. The only person who shouldn't get criticized by his teammates is Dak, and they're all crushing him. That's, that's right. Point. They don't all hate each other. Perfect. They seem to all hate him. Huh. And that's, it's, just, it's embarrassing. I mean, they're a circus. And the owner just sits there and is like, eh, I'm good. I'm good with the way this is all going, and I don't get it. I, I Jerry Jones is a person whom I hold in in, in this reg- in this way in in, in, a, in a high level of regard, and I don't understand how he's putting up with any of this nonsense. Um, so that was awful. The way they played was awful. The way their season ended was awful. The fact that they didn't change anything was awful. I'm trying to do the math in my head quickly. That's why I got distracted for a second. If they'd won, who would would they have played Tampa? No, Tampa- they would have. Pl- if they had won, they would have been two. San Francisco was Detroit won. would have came back. San Francisco would have gotten Tampa. Tampa, and th- so they would have gotten because Detroit. of the receipt. So they would have get- that would have been a great rematch. That's right. So they would have gotten Detroit. So that would that's exactly so that's how Detroit got the home game. Yeah. Right, 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 mm-hmm. right. God, these things just happen, and yet they feel like they happened a very long time ago. So anyway, that was my green list for today uh, of the top five worst losses that took place uh, in these NFL playoffs. Let's see what winds up happening in the Super Bowl. Meanwhile. The scoop. I like this little note here. So we had this earlier for you. CBS announced that Kansas City Baltimore this weekend was the most watched AFC championship game ever. More people watched that game than had ever watched the AFC championship game before, which I think is an incredible statistic. And it begs the question, will the Super Bowl be the most watched television broadcast in American history? Because obviously the most watched things in American history are pretty much all Super Bowls. So it stands to reason that if they're setting records every single week for viewership, that this Super Bowl will become the most watched thing in American TV history. And then it says under here, take a guess how many of the top 30 most watched United States television broadcasts are not Super Bowls. Cam has the list. So I think this would be a fun thing to try and guess. So, Cam, I I need to define television broadcasts. Like, does a television broadcast include 
the news coverage of the moon landing? Like, would that count as a United States television broadcast? It does, and that is somewhere on the list. Also keep in mind, a couple of these were covered on multiple networks. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, so that kind of thing is included in this list that I'm looking at. Okay. And then there's some single network stuff. All of the Super Bowls, obviously, are that. And then there's some you know other stuff in there that are also single network. There are some news events that are multiple networks. So that obviously boosts the ratings, but that's the list that I'm looking at. All right. So, so I think this would be fun. And this is all time, like in the history of television. This is all time. So that goes Top back 30. to like the 40s or something. When, I don't even know when television first started keeping track of this stuff. Um, well, what matters more is when everyone got one. Like what, what year like is 41 too early for, for people to have, for the average family to have a television in their so you're home? You're asking because of Attack on Pearl the, the Attack on Pearl Harbor? Yeah, because I'm thinking that was probably the more radio. They were living in for me? Absolutely. I, I think every time you picture that, you picture people gathered, huddled yeah. around a radio. That's probably too that's, early. That's radio. That's Listening radio. To, okay. to, to FDR saying it's a day that will live in infamy and you know, we declare war and all that kind of stuff. D-Day, you know, the... the Winning wars? I mean, I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah. Like, you know, because is there one day where that would be? So I'm thinking, okay, here's what I want to do. I want to take a moment to think about it, and then we'll come back and we'll try and guess them. So what you're saying is you're looking at a list of the top 30 most watched television broadcasts in American history. How many of them, you can tell us this now, how many of them are not Super Bowls? Because that, that's part of the game, but then the fun will be trying to guess what the other ones are. How many of them are not Super Bowls? 22 are Super Bowls, 8 are not. Wow. All right. So 22, <laughs> so just let that sink in for a minute. Of the 30 most watched things in the history of American television, 22 of them are Super Bowls. The, uh, the question is, what are the other 8? We're going to come back and try and guess that. This will be fun. You'll play along at home. We'll do it next, right after this word from ESPN Bet. So ESPN Bet is now live as the official sports book of ESPN. ESPN Bet is the only place that you can find daily exclusive and offers with your favorite ESPN personalities and shows. Sign up today and new users will get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Find all your favorite markets and bets like in-game wagering, cross-sport parlays, teasers, and all the props you can handle. That's ESPN Bet. Download today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in a legal gambling state. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We're back in a flash on ESPN Radio. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming. FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun, now streaming on Hulu. Greeny, the podcast. All right, I really like this topic. This is Greeny. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. We're live at the Seaport, brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron. And a reminder, we got NBA action coming your way Thursday night. Celtics-Lakers presented by Indeed. Okay, so having said all of those things, we have a really fun question that Cam put in the Google Doc, so a credit to Cam. 22 of the 30 most watched broadcasts in the history of American television have been Super Bowls. 
And I think there was some expectation that this year's game will become number one because of the size of the population, because of the insane numbers that these the playoffs and, and the regular season, all football games have been doing of late. So Hembo and I, Cam, have spent this entire break writing down things that we think might be on the list. So, to By the f- way, I think it's uh, 23, so you might only have wow. to guess seven. 23, so you missed. Yeah, I might have uh, you miscounted, miscounted, but it's 23. 23, so so only right. seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I have eight things written down here. So, so out of the seven, so don't tell us the answer to this yet. We we were trying to think of would there be any other sporting events that would make the list. So we were trying to think like would any of the Ali fights, like most famously maybe the Rumble in the Jungle, or something like that. I think the answer to that is no. Because, A, the population was just smaller, and B, like that fight was, was in Zaire. Like, I don't, I don't know, even know what time of day. It's before my time. I don't know what time of day that fight took place. I'm going to guess no. I'm going to guess if there was a sports event that made this list, one of them that I think of is the Battle of the Sexes, which is Billie Jean King and Bobby Riggs playing tennis against each other in an event that I know was it was was an insanely big deal in the early 1970s, that was the one that came to my mind. So, Cam, were there any other other or any of the seven sports? There is one. I oh, I got one. Hmm. I'm gonna, I want to throw out to you. How about this for sports? Okay, 1996 opening ceremonies Atlanta Olympics. That's on my list too, Bubba. Muhammad Ali lighting that torch. Yeah, Olympics in America. Olympics are a big deal. It's sports, uh, opening ceremonies. I th- I'm thinking that. Hmm. That's my. That's my. Man, I'm old enough to remember that it was the biggest thing in the yeah, world after it, it happened. We didn't know it was gonna happen. Like we knew the opening ceremonies were that night. We didn't know that Ali was going to be the one who lit the torch at the end. The the vision of him. Anyone you can still picture it standing there with him holding the torch with his hands shaking just slightly. It, it was overwhelming. Um, the Miracle on Ice was stuff that mostly happened on tape delay and all that sort of stuff. It, it, that might have been the biggest event that's happened, but I don't think it would be that. So I don't have a better guess on what the sports one would be. The wanna- only other one I was thinking is some like Sandy Koufax or Bob Gibson Game 7. but Those were probably in the daytime. Probably, like, yeah. Those have been in the afternoon. Those were all afternoon games. I think the most watched basketball game of all time was the Magic versus Larry NCAA championship 79 game. i think that had more people watch that than yeah, any bas- bad, any nba uh, yeah. game ever did that's a good guess too so which one do we want to go with let's try and guess the one sports one then we'll start rattling off well, the other cam have we said it yet is it is it something we've said or not said uh it is something you've alluded to Ooh, alluded. only alluded, alluded to. to what does that mean yeah you kind of mentioned it but it's it doesn't seem like it's in some of your uh top guesses hmm. that's very Sneaky of him. Yeah, what does that mean? I mean, it's really, not my list. It's I don't know how to. Is, yeah, he, but, is, but he, counting, is, is he counting O.J. Simpson, the chase, as a sports thing? It, that, that can't, that you can't have counted that as a sports thing, right? No, it's it's delineated on this list. Yeah, okay. I would think so. so yeah, it's not up to my I'm going to rattle off a bunch of other things that I think will be on the list, but I'm trying to think of what the sports thing will be. He said we're not making it our guess. It can't be the Olympic. So the Sunday Olympic in 1980, when we won the gold medal, the Russia game was on a Friday night. That was on tape delay. We played Finland to win the gold medal. That game, I think, was in the afternoon. Maybe they did show it live. I mean, I'm a kid when this happened. 
We may have shown that live. It could be that. And you're sure the semi, the, the us against the Soviet Union would not be here? Would not be on this list? No, I can't be sure of anything. I, but I, that I was something that people were finding out about game. that before it was on television. Like I remember knowing that we had won before the game was even shown on TV. But I don't think that that would have been the case for the the final, the gold medal game on mm-hmm. Sunday. So I guess it could be that. It could be that. All right. Well, Cam, we're going to guess that. Uh, that is not it. Do you want me to tell you what it is? What sport is it? Boxing. Oh. Is it, is it the fight of the century with Ali? Ali Frazier? Or, yeah, or a different Ali fight? It is Ali Spinks 2 in 1978. Wow. I remember the fight. It's 29th on the list. Huh. Wow. 90 million viewers. <clears throat> they had the, more people than any other Ali fight. Okay. And so that's the only other one that that's is fun. sports. So I'm just going to throw out some things that I think have to be on the like list. I feel like moon landing we just got to throw on there right now. The right? moon landing. Can we just lock that in? The moon landing is number one. Right. It is estimated Let's that, that 125 to 150 million people watched the moon landing on multiple different networks. That mm-hmm. is number one overall ahead of Super Bowls. Okay. The thing that always used to get thrown in there with the Super Bowls was the last episode of MASH. Oh, yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm saying MASH finale and Dallas finale. I'm feeling good mm. about both of those. MASH is on there. Dallas is not. Ooh. MASH, 105.9 million people watched it on CBS. That is 13th on the list. Goodbye, farewell, and amen. So that, that's, that's, we've got three of the seven, right? Was he, yes. how, about, how about the OJ Chase? OJ Chase is on there at number 22. That was right. also on multiple networks. Yeah. 95 million viewers. That's 22nd on the list. So that's four. So there's three more. What, what else do I have written down here? Oh, um, the, the most famous, I believe, presidential debate was... Kennedy Nixon, um, people talk about how that reshaped the way presidential elections are held here. I would think a presidential debate could be on the list. There were fewer people in 1960 than there are now. Is is any of them a presidential debate? No, but there is something to do with the president. The president being shot? No. The assassination of of, the inauguration? Obama's inauguration? Uh, No. Is it anyone's inauguration? No. Election night? No. To do with the president. It's so fun. Hembo, I see why you love these trivia things. Not sh- yeah, it's fun. So not an assassination, not an inauguration, not a debate. What else? What else do presidents do? <laughs> <laughs> is there a round of golf oh! that I'm not aware of? Oh, wait a minute. Nixon resigning? That is correct. Uh, okay. Number 10 on multiple networks, 110 million oh, people watched okay, it. Wow. Yeah. August 8th of 1974. One, yeah. The other two I don't think you're going to get. That came to my mind because I, I said aloud, what else do presidents do? They resigned. <laughs> one of them resigned. <laughs> All right, so the, <laughs> give so us the, a hint on the others then. If so there's two they're, more, but you're TV. saying we won't get either one? I don't think you'll get them. But they're TV shows? Greeny might have a shot, but I don't think you guys will. So they're TV, just episodes there's of a, television There's shows. a television film and a television Roots? miniseries. Roots, that's correct. Yeah. Wow. Great yeah. job. Roots, Roots at TV number 17, yeah, 100 epic. million viewers on yeah. ABC. The other one was also on ABC. Don't say it. Okay. Do you have a rough estimate of when it happened? It was 1983, and it is a television film. Huh. Oh, a television film from 1983. This is going to bother me if I don't get it yeah. right. What would have been a television film in I mean, 1983? You're, you're asking me? No, that's a good point. I mean... A television film, so it wasn't like the last, the, the finale of a popular show like Mash. No, it was it was a television film. What? I'm sure when he says it to me, I'm going to be mad at myself. One more hint. Uh, it has to do with like political powers battling each other and stuff. <laughs> That's basically the, uh, the. I've never heard of this, so I don't. I don't oh, know. Oh wow! What That's the outline of the plot: battling each other and stuff and stuff. A lot of stuff. Political powers battling each other and stuff. In 1983, just tell us. I don't know. Uh, the day after, 
You ever heard of that? No. I mean, I re- is, was that after a nuclear holocaust? Was, was, was that after like um, – was that after a, like this This was like envisioning what the world like would Cold be war like after a nuclear holocaust? That is exactly it, yes. Yeah, yeah. It is a fictional uh, – postulates a fictional war between the NATO forces and the Warsaw Pact over Germany. Okay, yeah. Uh, I, I don't I – don't, obviously – I got to see that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hembo, that sounds right up your alley, That's, man. Of all the things that we just named, Hembo's got to see that. Last, last point. All of these other ones are Super Bowls except – the Super Bowl halftime show for Michael Jackson is on there, and that actual Super Bowl is not on there. Yeah. I didn't watch that game on television. I was there. I was actually in the stadium for that. That was in Pasadena, the Rose Bowl. That was the first Super Bowl I ever covered. It was Buffalo, the, the first of the back-to-back Buffalo-Dallas, 52-17, to the Leon Lett game, um, and Michael Jackson was halftime. Changed everything. Um, you'll read about it in a book that Hembo and I have coming out <laughs> in September. All right, that was good fun. I'm glad we did that. Try and find another list that's that much fun to guess along with, and we'll play it again tomorrow. See you then on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcasts.